everybody. Welcome to Layman's Terms. That's right. It's one of your hosts. One out of two. You can try to take a guess at which one, but I'll just save you the trouble. It's Trevor. And this is Alex. Hey, how's it going today? Um, yeah, Alex. Today, I've just been thinking about a lot of things, as most people are. It's interesting. I wonder if like the slowing down and the lack of business in people's lives um, if people are thinking about their lives more as opposed to just like going from one event to the next. Um, but nonetheless, I've been sitting here thinking. And honestly, I've just been thinking about the fact that with the coronavirus out and about, what this means, you, re- you do realize when you ponder. No, I it, means, it means that if I released my app pickup, no one would use it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Alex and I, I, I designed this app, and by design, I mean it was it was a design in my head. It actually yeah, never yeah. was designed. Um, <laughs> but really an idea. the thought was that people would like. So there's a need, right, to play more pickup sports because we're America's fat. Um, and so the thought was like having an app that would be like location based, so you'd be able to look at like a field you knew, like that would be registered with pickup, and you'd see like, oh, there's like. Eight out of ten people queued to play like a flag football game or something What's like that. that? You... Hello. Sorry, I got to knock at the door. What's that? Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Revelation three twenty. If if anyone was wondering. You just knock. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto thee. For everyone who asketh, receiveth, and he who seeketh, findeth, and to him who knocketh, it shall be opened. <laughs> All right, I'm back. No, it's okay. I was just uh, exhorting our audience over the over the scriptures to do with knocking. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, as people can hear, I am back at home right now once again. Because due to the coronavirus, I got sent home for the semester from the seminary um, immediately after the people are learning that I am in the seminary. So, <laughs> yeah, so basically, stay tuned. Like, it remains to be seen whether or not Alex is actually a seminarian because within one week of this public announcement, <laughs> he has actually been sent away. Um, craziness, craziness. Yeah, I imagine that could be incredibly disruptive to, like, the learning flow and on all the things, right? Because, yeah. like, for so many people in a university setting, they're like, oh, online classes. And, and sure, there's a sense of, like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot that you lose as a university student by not being, like, present to your classes and being able to, like, be in the classroom itself and go to study groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, my guess, my hunch is, having never been a seminarian, is that you lose a little bit more of the learning environment whenever yeah. you're taken away from the seminary than a, than a college student would be taken away from the university. No disrespect to our, to our friends or anything yeah. happening for those university students across the country. So, yeah, the, the thing is like there's four uh, pillars of formation, right? Like we refer to our spiritual formation, our intellectual formation, pastoral formation and human formation. Um, and so we can continue with online classes which is still a little detrimental um, to the intellectual formation itself, where you you still lose some of that ability to be properly formed intellectually, but all three of the other formation areas kind of get uh, obliterated <laughs> in a sense. Um, yeah. And so one of the things that we have to do is compose a rule of life for the rest of the semester that we have oh, to Oh, I kind of like to. that. Yeah. So um, – do you have, like, accountability partners or something? I have to email my rector every week and just tell him how I did. Dude, but what if he gets the – well, never mind. That, yeah, I'm going to stop myself from that joke. Um, <laughs> that He's myself. a young guy. He's, like, 37. I think we celebrated his 37th birthday last semester. Oh, nice. That's actually – I know that might seem to be where I was going with that joke, but that's actually not where I was going with that joke. Oh. Um, <laughs> But no, I have, I have no concerns on his personal health or his ability to, um, yeah, put the, the coronavirus at bay. <laughs> but no, that makes sense for sure. What do you remember what encyclical that's from? Those, those four 
pillars. I know that it was in a uh, a letter written to pastors. Um, I I don't know if it was in an encyclical. I'm not that familiar with encyclicals, but um, it's really kind of all about seminary um, form or like reforming the seminaries, which kind of happened in the late '90s, I think, possibly early yeah. 2000s. I'm 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 fairly certain that it was an encyclical of some sort because focus actually like bases our training mm-hmm. and we actually use that with our students except we re- replace the word pastoral with apostolic having to do with the ways that they would live out um, let's say the call mm-hmm. to evangelize and to and to share the faith you you know specific to the calling of being a lay person um, but other than that we use that exact same typology. And so I think we actually like got when we were at training this summer, they talked about that coming from a specific uh, like exhortation that I believe was an encyclical, but I could be very wrong here. My, my naivety uh, displays itself once again. Hmm. That's why it's called layman's terms, baby. Let's um, see. I'm looking it up now. It looks actually, like. What's that? You go. I was about to say, if this, if Alex, if, if this podcast, if we continue this, you know, through the, the duration of the next seven years, and <laughs> God willing, uh, to quote a great, a great man, Will Stepig, uh, God willing, you become a priest, th- we'd actually have to change the name of our podcast. It would no longer yeah. be layman's terms. Or you might have to find a new layman. That's true. But is it, is it my podcast or your podcast? You're right. So it looks like I'm going to find a uh, <laughs> yeah. another cleric. Kick you, you out of like, here. You literally just changed the the like logo or whatever and put like non at the top. Non women's uh, terms. <laughs> so what the heck does that mean? Anyway, what were you saying based on your your findings on, on the interwebs? Oh, I think it's Veritatis Splendor. Veritatis Splendor. He's only in his first year, ladies and gentlemen. Don't judge his pronunciation of Latin. <laughs> Dude, I am so bad at Latin. But we have, <laughs> uh, we call them the John Vianney Latin and the um, – and what's the other one? John Vianney and Jerome Latin classes. So Jerome is for the people who are a little bit better at Latin. John Vianney is for people who are not as good as at Latin. And he's still in the Jerome class. This is like a terrible. That's a terrible like reflection on. I feel like a Saint John Vianney when he he's gonna like visit that seminary one day and be like, yeah, actually, I helped no people achieve any sort of spiritual graces, uh, thanks to the fact that they literally named the class for those uh, less Latin inclined after my namesake. <laughs> I mean, he was known for that for not being that good at Latin. That's fair. I, I still don't even know if like <laughs> if yeah, if I wasn't good at something and like it was well known. Would I want someone to like remind me of that for for the the eons to come? Like, hey, it's the... all about humility. I guess, I guess, yeah, that's yeah. that's true. Maybe I need to grow in it more so that I can emulate Saint John Vianney's example a little more. It's... Um, that's actually what? really funny, though. I can send you weekly roasts. Weekly roasts. Yeah, dude. It's all it's all what? for humility. <laughs> what is it? like? Are you just gonna text me at like three a.m. on a Wednesday? Like, <laughs> hey. You need to brush your teeth, you yeah. smelly dude. Or like, like, like what? <laughs> the only, the only kind of like content you get out of my life is stuff I choose to share with you, which I don't know how you're gonna roast me with that. <laughs> I feel like most roasts are like person to person when you encounter like them doing something ridiculous, like in person. You know, I could bring um, up uh, dumb times in in college. It's like, hey, dude, remember in college when you tried to give up dabbing and you couldn't because you were oh used to dabbing. <laughs> Listen, when I was a Which child, happened. <laughs> as a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. Dabbing actually is a part of my past. Um, is it? When's the last I, time you dabbed? I found freedom. Um, I, I I don't actually know when the last time. It probably was in the last month, but it's not. It's not the same kind of compulsive thing we're talking about for my sophomore yeah. year. Um, <laughs> it's not not trained in the muscle memory in quite the same way. Um, that's actually really funny because now that I think about that in the, in my wedding video, there's a, there's a clip of me dabbing. Is um, it? Yeah, that Austin, uh, who who made the video, included in there. So that's funny. Nonetheless, um, yeah, yeah. So sent home from seminary. It's a tough time. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your like plans going forward? How how is that going to play out? Um, I'm hoping to 
like within the next couple of weeks be able to be assigned to a parish to live in the rectory. Um, that would just be, yeah, huge in a lot of ways. Uh, it would help me stick to my rural life. Um, it'll help me in prayer. It'll help me, yeah, just with a lot of things. For now, though, I'm just kind of embracing it. Um, there was kind of this, and yeah, me and Trevor called before we actually started recording. So I actually explained a little bit of this, uh, but I had more I forgot to tell you about it, Trevor. Um, so one of the ways that I feel like I kind of want to um, yeah, embrace this is just like during spring break, I recognized um, just the way in which I struggle to pray when I'm outside of the seminary. Like I kind of struggle to be attentive in prayer, to give my all to prayer. Um and that's something that, like, I hope to work on. And, yeah, so, like, it is kind of lucky in a sense where as soon as I got back and, and was still in recognition of the ways in which I struggled to pray while outside of the seminary, then a day later I got kicked out, <laughs> you know? Not kicked out, but um, a day later the place closed down and I had to pack. That is fortunate, for sure. The stroke yeah. of, I mean... Right. Like, I think that's one of the big themes. And, and I'm sure everyone's talking about the coronavirus because it's just, I mean, it's changing the world in ways that literally generations haven't seen, mm-hmm. you know, the past few generations at least. Yeah. Um, but I think one really important thing is to remember the reality of, of, of the faith, right? That suffering is actually suffering and, and trials and these sort of things are actually not contrary to, to opportunities to claim and, and to live out the faith, but they're actually... Um, some chances to to do so in a much more radical and a much more whole way than than maybe the, the things that we were doing before. Um, and so I think, like to your point, right, that the providence you're you're, you're choosing the, the godly perspective to say, hey, you know, maybe this is a difficult time for me. Maybe this is a difficult time for many people. But now I have this opportunity to work on this thing that the Lord had convicted me I needed to work on anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing the providence at work amidst you know, the immense amounts of sufferings and trials that, that many are enduring across the globe. Yeah. Um, so pretty dope. True. That's one I thing I need to work on. The word I yeah. Would... I was about to say, I need, <laughs> I need to maybe, I should probably just start like reading the dictionary, like through, it could be a goal, yeah. memorize five new words a day or something. True. Um, we have a fixation on the word dope. I had a, somebody point out to me last week. He's like, Dude, you always say, you always, you know how I was known kind of in college for rounding the corner and throwing up a peace sign? I have apparently Dude. been known amongst my classmates for uh, seeing somebody and immediately going, sup, dog? I don't know how I picked up that habit. <laughs> dog? Is that yeah. one? Saying, Dude. sup, dog. Dude, that's really, I hate to break it to you, but that's really nothing new. That was, that was accompanied with the peace sign. Did I really dog. say that? It was not. It I was, never it noticed wasn't that dog. either. It wasn't dog though. It was dude. Sup, so, dude. dude. Yeah, that was okay, it. Yeah. That was it right yeah, there. Um. So you just changed dude to dog. You made a slight yeah. three, uh, three character like revision. But, um, I think that happened uh, last semester when, just like for some dumb reason, uh, we, what was that joke? That's like, um, does it smell like up dog in here? We just got like oh, people yeah, yeah. in a row to fall for it. So I just started saying "What's up, dog?" all the time to people. So hence, sup, dude, changed to sup, dog yeah. due to the infamous joke. Um, the infamous. That's fair. Joke. Yeah. So maybe a time, maybe coronavirus gives us a time to work on some personal habits too, um, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I had a good conversation with a lot of uh, people yesterday. When I say a lot. Don't don't worry, um, anyone listening. It was it was under ten. Um, so <laughs> it, was a, it was a gathering at a uh, someone's house nearby, and we were just talking about how yeah, it's difficult and, and the isolation. I think is one of the big dangers, and I think we even talked about that last week. But just how this isolation that comes with the coronavirus can be really um, like the shutting down of things and the quarantining, in the lack of like stability and things like that. Um, but I asked the question to the room, like, yeah, what do you, what do you think like the Lord might be asking you to, 
how might you use this as as a means of grace as opposed to a means of like your complaining it or your like um, suffering without purpose or these kind of things. And I thought it was interesting because a lot of people just kept honing in on the fact that everyone always says they have all these things they want to do, um, but then they don't do them because they have too many other important things that, that kind of like, or urgent things, I guess I'd rather say, that get in the way. So a lot of people that were in the conversation were just hearing like different things that they were looking forward to doing with this time. Um, so I was like really encouraging. I was like, you know what? There are, there are people out there who are excited to, to, to still like strive for sainthood, even amidst like times that it might, to your point, obliterate three out of four of your, um, you know, pillars of your formation. So, um, let's go baby. That's as, as the prophets once said, um, it's in Amos. If you were wondering, you can look it up, but <laughs> don't actually go look it up. It's not in Amos. Um, yeah. You saying that though, kind of like reminded me of, um, just like, yeah, like I texted an old Bible study earlier this week or earlier today. Um, it's been a long day, I guess. <laughs> All right, wait, I, I need context. Was it old Bible study in the sense of like a Bible study you once were in that is now no longer currently active and thus old? Or was it an old Bible study in the sense that like the participants were, you know, above the age of like senior citizen cards? Old as in I let it last year, co-let it okay. last year. That was um, That was important. Honestly more was in it than led because uh the other leader the other co-leader uh was way more on top of things than i was for it yes sir if you wanted that that much context um but yeah so i texted them and um just like just to like see if they wanted to start meeting because it's like might as well you know like um there is this is like a good time for like people who like don't really often have a whole lot of time, so to speak, to devote to um, looking into their faith and learning a lot more things about their faith. It's a good time for them to be able to do just that because they don't have much else to do exactly. Um, there is a temptation, on the other hand, to just spend this the next however long each of us is going to be stuck where we are, um, just binging Netflix, uh, watching YouTube and stuff like that. But um, this is one of those times, too, where it's like um, you have a whole lot of downtime. So uh, busyness is like not as much of an excuse as it could be, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a time that really draws out like someone's inner character. Like are, are you someone who's predisposed like, have you developed a, a habitual, like, you know, reaching for those things that are numbing, like whenever you get free time or have you like trained up in yourself a desire to like, to learn, to cultivate like a, a greater love for the Lord and for his people mm-hmm. with the free time that you get. I think that this, you know, this coronavirus only exaggerates what was already there before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kind of exposes you in the sense that now it's like yeah, what kind of person are you? How are you going to like live like Christ during this time? How are you going to be a saint in this time? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and to your, it's like your point, right, of the prayer thing. I've noticed that too for myself. Like, you know, as a part of being a missionary with Focus, like there's a, there's a built-in holy hour into our schedule. Mm-hmm. And so since like being away from that, even this week on spring break, you know, it's been difficult to, to make sure that that gets in, especially with the added adjustment of married life and, and Kenzie's still working like a regular job. Yeah. Um, yes, I just called my job irregular. Um, it's been, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's been difficult to, to make, make that like a habit, like in the sense of like, oh yeah, we find this time and it's a great time and there's no distractions during this time. And especially since, you know, going to public places, especially churches now is, is largely like, um, difficult and impossible in some senses. So, mm. yeah, I definitely think that this time exposes the deep character or the the virtues that you have like uh, put on yourself, and the Lord has given you the grace to to work towards over the past however many years and months. Um, but it's also a great opportunity if you feel as if you haven't been living that kind of life. I think to to choose this extra time to actually like, to to obey the laws of the eleventh commandment. You know, thou shalt get after it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. Corona baby. Corona Uh, baby. Not, not a drink. 
but but a but a life changing viral. Well, cool. I think like one topic Alex and I wanted to bring up in light of this, specifically in a lot of ways, in a lot of like stuff that's going on in Alex's life, mm-hmm. um, stuff that's going on in my life as well. I just shared is just talking about prayer and like, yeah, how how do we like cultivate healthy prayer lives? What is prayer? How do we like integrate a daily prayer? like into our habits, into our normal going about the things that are happening in our life. Um, succinctly, yeah. How do we have a relationship with God, especially in a time that it's very difficult to receive him in the sacraments. It's very difficult um, to enter into the normal routines that we might've experienced him in. So mm-hmm. um, Alex, yeah. What, what thoughts have you been thinking about this? Um, yeah. We talked a little bit about just, kind of like becoming more familiar with God, but also like the relationship aspect of it of, um, yeah, like God's primary language, so to speak, is silence. Um, God's going to speak to us in the silence and it's a great way for us to be able to get, get too deep in our relationship with him is to speak with him every day in his first language, you know, um, and yeah, like <laughs> he's yeah, bilingual. Well, um, but yeah, yeah <laughs> I just think that like so many people, especially I think this is more toward pointed towards people who are active in ministry. Um, there's so many people who like say are on their student councils or peer ministries, ministries or whatever, or are. Um, st- part of the worship team, um, lead small groups, lead discipleships, stuff like that. But they don't know Jesus, not truly. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think that like, in a sense, I was one of these people um, where it's just like, yeah, like it, I did. Um, I grew closer to Jesus every day and I was really striving to do so, but um, I think a lot of times then I thought my relationship boiled down to how good I was doing in terms of um, how many guys I was getting to come to my Bible studies and how many guys I was going through discipleship with, um, which is just like a really bad way to think about it. Like your relationship doesn't with God doesn't come down to that. It comes down to the fact that you're his son, regardless of what you do. Um and if you want to really grow yeah. closer to him, you're the best thing you can do is to pray. Um, it's not to do all those other things. In fact, you're um, I, honestly, I think your soul is in a lot of danger if you do all these other things without praying enough. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I actually absolutely. think that that's one big thing with a lot of college students is um, they're their prayer is um, either inconsistent or um, ingenuine and like they can get in over their head as soon as they get in too far over their head with things like, with things like that, where with uh, your ministry stuff, with running events, stuff like that, helping out at the Catholic center, as soon as they get in over their head, kind of their foundation crumbles and um, their relationship with God, where they've built it at, that when that starts to crumble, their relationship with God starts to crumble. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. And well, and I think the thing is too, right? What, what's the point of ministry? The point of ministry oh, yeah. isn't to establish some really cool club, or to like, you know, to to have the best run organization in the world, or to to cook really good mm-hmm. fish at your fish fries, you know, or to to be the best at like having like awkward conversations about like you know yeah <laughs> latin documents amongst the, you know all these like like the point of ministry is to introduce yeah. people into a relationship yeah. with the living jesus christ in his church and in as much as that is the point if you aren't praying like every day then all you're introducing yeah. them to is an idea that you want studied right like you're not introducing them to mm-hmm. a person because you don't know the person and so i think it's like yeah, so incredibly vital because otherwise you you have, you you're literally yeah. building on a foundation of sand. Yeah. Um. So, 
I, I want to pull up a quote too. So, right, you were sharing about um, this reality of like mm-hmm. people doing these things and not knowing Jesus. Uh, it made I me was think thinking of the same thing. Mother <laughs> Teresa, right? She, yeah, yeah, she's writing right to her missionaries of charity, and she says this. And these are granted; these are women who, like, aren't just like you know, kind of living the faith. They're like women that have given themselves completely to the service of the church and like surrendered so many things in their past life. And this is what she says. She says, I worry that some of you have still, or sorry, I just loaded. I worry worry that some of you still have not really met Jesus one-to-one, you and him alone. Jesus wants me to tell you again, how much is the love he has for each one of you beyond all that you can imagine. We may spend time in the chapel, But have you seen with the eyes of your soul how he looks at you with love? Do you really know the living Jesus, not from books, but from being with him in your heart? Have you heard this loving words that he speaks to you? Never give up on this daily intimate contact with Jesus as a real living person, Hmm. not just an idea. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, like, I mean, she says it so beautifully and you know she's a saint so that's pretty cool um but (laughs) but right this like this reality of like if this is not at the heart of prayer like if this is not why we get up in the morning earlier than we otherwise would to go to the chapel if this is not the reason why you know we carve out time to say no to other obligations or people or you know homework or whatever else we might say no to then we're actually not working towards the glory of God and in, in our ability to experience mm-hmm. his love and mercy. In our yeah. Lives. Yeah. And, um, a couple things, I guess two things I wanted to bring up with that is like, well, one is just like, I, I don't know who says this, but, um, there's this quote that for so many people, God is just an extracurricular that they're really good at. Especially, yeah, specifically college students. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's just like, um, I guess that leads into like my second thing. I don't know if you've ever heard this story of uh, Jeff Cavins tells this story of um, he picked up photography. Like he just like randomly, he's like started getting interested in photography, starts reading all about it and finds out so much about photography he starts going to these local meetings and stuff um, of photographers and talking with them and like really just talking at a level where he seems to know his stuff really well. And um, then he gets asked to like, he's getting really into photography he gets asked to speak at a photography conference. He goes home and tells his wife, he's like, dude, like, big news honey i'm the like this is a real story by the way I, he's like i'm gonna speak at this photography conference and she's like jeff you've never actually taken a photo in your life you've just read up so much on photography you don't actually know photography you just know about photography and like so many people can be the way with same way with jesus like we can get so caught up with knowing things about jesus and like knowing um, how to get people into the Catholic centers and knowing how, like knowing all the worship songs, knowing certain Vatican documents and stuff. But then at the end of the day, we don't actually know Jesus. We just know about him. Um, does that make sense? Does, yeah. Absolutely. Like, like being able to like sing along to reckless love, like, you know, in the car, yeah. isn't, isn't a constituent of like, Mm-hmm. A person who knows the heart of Jesus. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, this has just been like, well, actually, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about routine as well. Um, just like something that has been a big theme of the last year has just been recognizing that I have not necessarily been quote-unquote good at praying uh sure you can't really be quote-unquote good at praying because like it is kind of it's it's a response to the way that god's moving in your life um but there are like certain habits that you kind of have to build up 
uh, to be able to actually recognize the ways that God's calling or the ways that God's kind of moving in your life and to be able to respond better to that. Um, I heard a pretty good uh, metaphor for the spiritual life um, not too long ago from a priest who comes in and visits and teaches a prayer class for us. And he talks about prayer kind of being, in a sense, the partner in a partner dance, uh, the person who is taking the lead or who is not taking the lead, who is um, instead they are just they're they're not just kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for. They're not like soft. They're not um, completely like a blob, you know, um, they're kind of firm, um, but not too firm. They're not like resistive to their partner. They're just ready to receive whatever their partner is going to be doing and react accordingly to that. And in a sense, that's kind of how we need to be in prayer is we don't need to be like a blob, uh, but we need to be firm and ready to react to the ways that God um, pushes us and leads us in that. Does that make sense yeah. so far? Yeah. Yeah. I think the sound bite is we need to not be a blob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we need to not be a blob uh, and also not fight back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How, like, how did he encourage your, how, like, whenever you were spending time, in that class and praying with the lessons you were learning there, what does that practically look right? Right. So that, that's kind of like a principle of how do I, what, how should I view or approach this time? Um, if you're stepping into the chapel, you know, you, you make the sign of the cross, you go, you kneel down and you, mm-hmm. and you walk into your pew. How do you actually like kind of image that receptivity or this kind of like watching the, the master or watching the leader of the dance move? in such a way that you respond with, with your whole soul. Yeah. So one thing that helps a lot is just familiarity with the leader of the dance. Right. Um, actually, I, I actually, after I said that loud, I'm like, I don't like referring to God as the leader of the dance. Um, the Lord of the dance vibes. The Lord of the dance. That's exactly what I was thinking too. (laughs) Um, no. So, but the, you, what helps in it is like, being familiar, you know, um, with God and familiarity comes out of sharing time together. Um, and that's where kind of the routine comes back into this. Um, so evangelical Catholic, whenever they were at Missouri state, one of the big things that they, uh, would push into us was to remind us that 15 minutes is right around 1% of your day. It's like a tiny bit more than 1% of your day. Um, So you kind of have to, uh, any sense, like challenge yourself in prayer. And if you're not praying at all right now, you have to get into, well, first off, if you're not praying daily at all is what I meant. um, You have to get into the routine of praying consistently every day. Um, and start out with that 1% if you're not yet. Uh, at least 15 minutes a day because that's literally only 1% of your day. And But also, if you're already doing 15%, don't let that be the end. Uh, move on. Honestly, so when it comes to this routine, I think that one of the um, – or I think that – you should be shooting that just about everybody should be shooting for an end goal of at least 30 minutes a day of prayer. Um, and if you work actively in ministry, as in like you are a missionary or you work, um, even if you're just like a secretary at uh, a church or something like that, I think you should be shooting for an hour of prayer a day. Um, and that's specifically silent prayer. Uh, spending it, if possible, in front of the Eucharist. Does that is that agreeable? Do you agree with that, Trevor? Well, I mean, I think like I could see some opposition, right? Like being, well, what, where did you come with these numbers from? Like, what what kind of constituted these yeah. numbers? 
Um, but I, I've always said, it's funny. I always tell people 20 minutes is like a, like I would say you got at least, that's my like non-negotiable with myself at this point. Mm-hmm. Like now granted, let me rephrase working for the apostolate that I do working for focus. I, I am supposed to be praying a holy hour every day. So that's my non-negotiable as in terms of like, this is like expected of me while I'm working in mission kind of to your, to the extent of what you mm-hmm. said. Um, but I also like recommend to people that to do 20 minutes a day. And that was kind of my lot, like non-negotiable before I answered my work with focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the only reason I came for coming up with that was because it takes about 20 minutes to pray a rosary or it takes about 20 minutes to pray like Lexio with the scriptures, this contemplative mm-hmm. uh, type of prayer. Uh, and so I think like, realistically unless you're some kind of like mental guru master which frankly i've yet to meet um <laughs> most people are very distracted and very busy they're most people are more martha than mary yeah um, they're distracted and busy with many many things yeah um, luke chapter 10 and so i think the reason i say 20 minutes is i don't know many people who are able to enter into a deep silence into a level of like reflection on god's character and their character and the conversation of, the, of that intimate relationship, that walking with God in the garden type prayer mm-hmm. and under 20 minutes. I just don't think it's possible. Um, yeah. Right. Now, now, I'm not saying you can't have like good prayers like throughout the day as you're driving in your car or, you know, as you're brushing your teeth or as you're, you know, I'm not saying that those prayers are invalid. In fact, I think those are very efficacious like in our life mm-hmm. because it actually like involves this, this level of um, continuity like throughout our day. Uh, of of our relationship with god mm-hmm. um but i i think alex's point and to the point of like anyone who really is is speaking on prayer is that it, when you think about a relationship like there is not a relationship that that is important or that matters in your life um that really is like life-giving and intimate and 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 especially like one again the relationship with, with god that should be the lord and, and the master and the lover the, you know, the jealous lover even here of our life. So this person that gets the number one spot in our heart, I can't think of anyone else who gets even close to that in my life that I wouldn't have a regular, you know, 20 minute conversation with. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if Kenzie and I weren't having a regular 20 minute conversation in a day, her being be, behind God, you know, the person to whom I've given the most affection, love, uh, I've given the pledge of the most of my energy and, and sacrifice and time. Like, if she and I weren't, if I weren't giving her 20 minutes a day, we would be stunted in our, in our relationship. We would mm-hmm. not be growing. Um, and so I think like, yeah, the numbers I think is interesting, but even the, the holy hour has a little bit more, I think, credibility than both of our numbers, just for the sake of like, it's precedent by saints who established prior yeah. to us. Right. Um, yeah. Do you remember who it was that first like kind of uh, made this a practice? I don't know who first made it a practice, but I do know Fulton Sheen made it really popular in like yeah. 1950s, I guess. Yeah. Actually, I don't think he made it really popular like for the first time. I think he repopularized it um, in the 1950s because the culture had kind of started to fall. The Catholic culture had kind of started to fall away from it. I might yeah. be wrong on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that makes sense. And so I, I think that, like, no, I don't think you're whack. I think there's something to be said there. But with all that being said, when we talk about this, like, kind of mental or contemplative prayer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, so let's let's presume now that we have done this. We have gone into the chapel, um, and we've set our calendar such that we're going to be there for an hour. Mm-hmm. With that being accepted, now how do we enter into that time with God? What does that look like um, going further into that prayer? I'll say, like, one last thing. Um, with that too, is like that, that number, any of like those numbers, like, um, like, yeah, like Trevor said, one of those things is like, I should have prefaced with this. Those are just from my personal experience of what I think, um, this has definitely worked for me and I've seen in other people, it works really well. Uh, like you said, Trevor, the holy hour is a little bit more of a, um, a precedent that's been set by a lot of saints. Um, but yeah. And then um, when it comes down to practicals though, when it just 
comes to starting an actual time in the chapel uh, to focus, I think one way, and you mentioned this before, one way you can enter into that is the sacramentals like the rosary um, or even the liturgy of the hours, praying through the liturgy of the hours, or a big thing, which I think is really quite um, under, I, I think it's just something that, an area that I, for one, I know I need to focus on more, and I think a lot of other people should focus on as well, is that time in with Scripture, praying through Scripture. Um, and so that stuff, I think, can come down to, it can be really easy to pull out, especially the rosary, pull out the rosary and just kind of start uh, rattling it off, you know? Um, and there's this mindset, yeah, almost this mindset of, yeah, when I'm done with my rosary, then I can start praying, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, yeah. you bring the checklist. Yeah. Into it's the totally a checklist the- mindset. Um, it's like you're, you're trying to just get through all of your devotionals and with stuff like that. Yeah. That, that can be really dangerous because um, I think just like a big thing is you, if you actually like are praying with the rosary, you need to actually pray, you know, um, because like, it's not like, what's the point if you're, if you're just like trying to rattle through it, like, it's not like it's some, like, do you know the words I'm trying to get at here? <laughs> He's trying to say that he, Alex Shannon seminarian from uh, the Archdiocese of St. Louis, um, would All claim right. that the rosary right. is not an effective yeah. way to pray. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Quite the opposite. <laughs> it, is, um, it is a great starting point. No, no, I totally get, I totally get what you're saying. I think, people yeah. approach it for the wrong reasons and, and also approach it with the wrong like uh, technique. They approach it with the wrong um, state of heart, mm-hmm. uh, all these things, yeah. which is absolutely true. And, and even the same, I think could be said for some people in the way they read mm-hmm. scripture um, because right. The, the whole goal again, with all of these different means of prayer, they're supposed to be mm-hmm. like a, yeah. a vehicle, right. That brings you about into like, they get you on the road towards mm-hmm whatever like your destination is um your destination is god right like he god is the goal like like spending time with the lord is the goal all of these different forms of prayer if if you can't like if you've tried and tried and tried and you cannot find them to be effective into your like hearing god correctly it means probably a few things one maybe it's just not how you're supposed to be praying or two maybe you need to like yeah think a little bit more about yeah. what you're mindfulness doing mindfulness is a huge thing um, Yeah, so definitely. I think, too, to be said, whenever you're stepping in the chapel, one thing I think for many of us that are the Marthas, right? We're, we're worried, we're busy, we're mm-hmm. distracted with many things. To take some kind of time as you begin your prayer, yeah. just like offering that up to God. So kind of mm-hmm. placing yourself in the presence of God. Uh, a great priest I knew, um, I know, uh, recommended to me once that I should like do deep breathing for 15 breaths. And, and say the name Jesus Christ with mm-hmm. each like inhale and exhale. All right. So, um, to kind of you like unite my body into the, the state that I wish my soul to be in, to be contemplating God's presence and to not be occupied with yeah. all these things. Um, so I think for any type of good prayer, there has to be this level of entering into that moment and setting aside, kind of checking out on, mm-hmm. on the other things that might be going on. Um, but if that's not possible, I think sometimes even these things like pervade and we can't f- seem to get them out. Maybe bringing that into our prayer by by kind of like, yeah, yeah, praying with that. Like if it's like, yeah, I'm distracted with this test or whatever, praying with God, why is that I'm distracted with this test? What about this test is bringing me like down? Asking these questions mm-hmm. of ourselves in the presence of the Lord and getting to dig into how that stems from some area of our yeah. relationship with him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a key starter. If you're stepping in the chapel, that moment, however long it is, some people it's one minute, some people it's 10 minutes, but I think it has to be at least yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah. And I think it can also hard. just be like, um, not even 
necessarily contingent contingent on time as well. Um, it could be contingent on like your mindset. Um, kind of, I guess what I'm getting at is like there, um, St. Francis de Sales talks about, um, in preparation for Holy hour, kind of putting ourselves in the presence of God. Uh, it's a huge, hugely crucial step. Um, just to like recognize like the different ways that God is present to us. One is just his general, like he's present everywhere, you know, um, kind of like remembering that he's always with us, but also just like the special way in which he's present in our souls, you know? Um, and then again, if you're in front Hmm. of a tabernacle, um, the special way in which he's present there as well. Um, if you're in front of the Eucharist as well, um, special way in which he's present there as well, you know, um, or even if not, if you're just like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. Just like thinking about the ways that he's present. And then, um, another thing that he would recommend doing is thinking of the ways that Christ is looking at you in this moment. Um, the ways in which he sees you and loves you um, and he's happy to see you. And yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. For those who are like wondering where is he pulling this from? You can, you can read and pick up this book. It's uh, a St. Francis's introduction to the life. Really helpful. Um, It's beautiful. Beautiful book. Um, Yeah. I would recommend it for, Actually, yeah, not just prayer, but just, like, in general, I highly recommend it. It's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, and I think kind of, like, wrapping up with that, a lot of these thoughts on prayer, I think, yeah, a couple, like, key takeaway principles. Um, And and this is funny because, right, we're sharing from a dude one year in seminary and a dude one year into being an on-campus missionary – but this is like something I get like I, I'm in the practice of teaching people all the time because that's, you know, what yeah. essentially I'm here to do, you know, is, is to help people enter more deeply into the lives of the Lord. So this is something I spend a lot of time like again and again and again reviewing. Uh, how do I communicate the life of prayer to to these young yeah. men that I get to spend time with? Um, but I think one important like thing to emphasize as a takeaway is that consistency might oh, yeah. be like one of the biggest keys here to all of this. Um, like if, if you aren't good at praying and, and by aren't good, I mean like you feel as if you're distracted or you don't, you feel like you're not tech- technically equipped or whatever. Um, those things like you can, you can grow in those things, but what you can't do is grow in those things when you're not willing to give at least a little bit of time and you've given yourself the ability to enter into time. Cause the reality is Right. Satan desires so deeply for us to not give that time consistently consistently. And he will use whatever means necessary to take that away from us. Like if, if you commit to praying 15 to 20 minutes a day for the next two months and don't allow any distractions to stop you from that, you know, without the exception, maybe a day or two or something like that. But for, for, for you know, the fact that you really give yourself the best effort to, to be consistent, that consistency will produce a whole plethora of, of, positive boons in your life um that hopefully will result in all the things to which we speak but that might be the most important part i think is mm-hmm. literally just getting the ball rolling um so i would say that's a big takeaway i would give um any important takeaways that you would say in terms of like someone beginning a prayer life or, or why they should or how they should um, or anything of that yeah I- go pray. yeah so go pray people come on man yeah. i'm about to leave this and pray i'm yeah. pumped up let's finish um, off let's with go. a prayer uh yeah but yeah hopefully this is helpful right because like i think alex and i are convicted of this not out of a sake of like man if everyone else did this Mm. as well as we did uh (laughs) i think it's out of a place of like i know that this is this is one thing Mm -hmm. that limits my ability to experience joy and happiness my ability to to live out prayer Mm -hmm. well and i want to continue to grow in it um so offer encouragement to anyone out there who's like, I don't know how to pray. I don't even know where to begin. Um, please feel free to to email um, or 
to reach out to either of us, you can email me at trevor.bereka at focus.org. Um, and I would love to like, yeah, mm-hmm. to talk about what does it mean to pray? Um, if you're listening to this, also, if you listen to this, you probably have my and number. I'll put, but, um, I'll put our email in the show but notes maybe as we'll... well. But mine's alexshannon96 at email or at gmail.com. <laughs> at email, baby. Um, Kanye's new uh, internet database, email. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a whole other topic for another time. Yeah. Yeah, it's ended a prayer. Do you want to lead us? Let's I mean, absolutely. In Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this podcast. Um, Lord, whoever listens to this, I don't know, um, but I do know that it's a great time for Alex and I to share life and to share um, a vision for, for who we want to become, to, to talk and to edify each other, to bring each other closer to you. Lord, we ask today that you give us the humility to realize our need for you and that that brings us back to the altar, whether literally or figuratively, uh, brings us back to this place that we desire um, to enter into your presence. Lord, allow us to be diligent in that pursuit and allow us to set aside whatever distractions might get in the way. Give us your Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, We ask this for ourselves, for anyone who listens to this, um, and for those that they interact with as well. We pray this all in your holy and most precious name, amen. Jesus. Amen. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Awesome. Well, hey, y'all. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Layman's Terms. It's been a great episode, and we look forward to talking to y'all yeah, again thank you next guys. week. Uh, tune in next time. See ya. We'll be seeing ya. See ya. Yep. I'll see you hey, later. We'll be seeing ya. Yeah, see, we'll see ya. All right. Bye, my hey, dear. Yeah, we'll see ya. <laughs>